0: Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the One's Ready podcast. This is round two because I forgot to hit the record button. <laughs> yes, I acknowledge that. Uh, so we have Major Bain Carbella with us. Um, so we kind of started going around earlier, um, but let's start over again yeah, yeah. because of my, my faux pas. But you are the chief of integration for the Commandant's Office of Integration. <laughs> yeah, it and, gets uh, a mouthful. Yeah, it does. <laughs>
1: First off, uh, I'll say it again. Thanks for having me on. I know we've been trying to do this for a while, uh, and both our schedules tend to be super busy, but I think this (laughs) is important. I I love your show, and I love the audience that you get to reach out to, and so happy to be here uh, for that. For those that don't know, kind of the Weapon School flow, if you will, might be important to kind of start there just for a second. Um, (laughs) Maybe all in the vein of explaining what my job is, but really quickly, we start with like basic, what's your MDS, and how do we make you an expert in that for the first couple months? Uh, And then after we kind of deem that the studs are the WUGS, Weapon School undergraduates are experts in their own MBS will start to play on a smaller scale together in some integration for a couple months, and then we culminate with about a month, month and a half now uh, of some larger scale integration, a little bit more of how we would kind of go train to fight. And the office uh, that I get to work for, um, I think the chief, I would put that in quotations, because I I certainly uh, just, I work with a ton of incredible people um, that uh, I just happen to be the name on the boilerplate, if you will. And our goal is to make sure that when WISINT hits, um, everything from all of the admin, TAC admin, to the actual execution, the scenarios, et cetera, is set up um, so that we can watch the wugs walk across the stage uh, uh, as kind of the, on Saturday, but really on on that Thursday before that graduation, get the patch and know that we're sending out kind of the, the Joint Forces Premier Integrators. We've laid that foundation uh, for that. So um, it's a pretty cool job. Uh, it definitely keeps me busy, as you know, we've tried to schedule this, but uh, super humbling to be a part of that team.
0: No, absolutely, and that's uh, you know I on the podcast I actually talk about the weapons school quite a bit Perfect. as much as I possibly can just to kind of get the mess out because not many people know about what the weapons school is that they you know the air force's version of Top Gun everybody knows what Top Gun is yeah. but not everybody yeah. knows what the weapons school is. Hopefully, someone will be able to stop it comparing. It, yeah. Uh, to that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, um, so you are in a fifteen E strike. Striking a pilot, Um, like how did you how did you kind of find that? Did you always want to be a pilot, or?
1: Uh, Yes and no. So uh, a lot of as as with anything in life, a little bit of luck, circumstances, and then surrounding yourself with the right people, or being just lucky enough to be around the right people, uh, in that. So um, grew up in a small town in Washington State, Snohomish. Played some football, played a lot of sports, but football is kind of my primary one. Always wanted to go to school um, to either. A, be a football player or be like, some sort of military route to, to fly. Ended up going um, to a small D3 school in Washington State, uh, played football and ran track there. And at that point in time, I'd kind of given up on the, like, all right, well, I made the decision to do sports. Um, and so I'm probably not going to do the flying thing. So I graduated, took the first job that I could get, which was working as a financial advisor, insurance salesman type of guy um, for Northwestern Mutual. Um, and I did that for a, a couple of years, two years, really, uh, before... I think right away, now looking back on it, I kind of knew this wasn't for me. Mm. Uh, It was very much a single man ops, no team around you, great company, great people that I was working with. But at the end of the day, on on that side of the world, kind of everybody out for themselves uh, in there, which isn't a bad thing. That's how they take care of their their customers and their clients. Um, So about a year and a half into that, I started to look for other options um, and happened to kind of walk into a recruiting office and tell a recruiter that I want to be a a fighter pilot. Uh, How do I go do that? She kind of laughed at me and she was like, well here's the process. It's really hard to be a fighter pilot. So maybe open your aperture up. Uh, my parents will tell you I'm pretty stubborn. Uh, I was like, nah, I'm not putting anything besides pilot on this application. Uh, I don't see the fighter pilot uh, container, but turn it. <laughs> so long story short, got picked up for OTS after a couple of years um, out of college. Uh, and right away when I showed up there was, it was incredibly motivating to be around a group of people that want to do the same thing. Uh, they're there to serve their country. They're there to take uh, care of each other. Um, you don't know you don't know at that point in time, um, but throughout that process, uh, it was able to interview for a, a pilot at uh, or pilot slot at Njep. So I got picked up to go to uh, the Euro Joint Jet Pilot Training uh, out at Shepard. Met some phenomenal people there. Um, and when I showed up, I'll be honest, like I, I had been convinced by some uh, folks at OTS, like, "Hey, Viper's the way to go." There's a lot of those high PK uh, that you get. That I'm like All right, I'm gonna be a Viper pilot. I got to sit in one one day. I was like, "Wow, I'm, I don't know that I'm gonna fit super well in this." Uh, and having flown a two-engine jet, a T-38, so I was like, I kind of like having two engines instead of one. Uh, and then Speedwagon Ryu, who's flying F-35s down down at England, but he was a wuzzo going through the course. Kind of started to point me towards the uh, the Strike Eagle. He started. He talked about all the squadrons he'd been in, um, the teamwork and kind of the camaraderie, and introduced me to some of his friends in there. I was like, okay, that's that's what I, w- I think I want to go do. Uh, and Drop Night came, and I was lucky enough to get uh, my top pick of uh, of Strike Eagle, uh, and it's kind of been. Uh, from there. So super lucky along the way, like I try to highlight, meet some really, really good people that kind of steer you in the right direction and, and, and mentor you, which I think is super important. Uh, you can't overstate the importance of kind of those key mentors, whether you realize it at the time or not, uh, in your life, uh, that you surround yourself and, and seek those out.
0: Yeah. Sometimes you don't realize they, nope. uh, they are who they are, <laughs> right. the mentors they are and how much they shape you yeah. until, uh, several years later. And
1: that checks. <laughs> That checks every stage of my career. I think I've kind of run into those, and a lot of times I don't realize it until they're out of my life. We PCS, mm-hmm. you still in touch a little bit? Like, man, I'm, there's something missing. Oh, this person influenced this, or this is who I would go talk to you yeah. for, for this decision. So, yeah.
0: well, you, you've brought up two. You said team twice now yeah. in in a matter, and I mean, granted, you're you're part of a Strike Eagle mm-hmm. uh, crew, right? Sure. So there's yep. two of you. 100%. Um, Whereas, you know, some of the others, the Vipers, F-35s and stuff like that are, are single seaters. And, um, but the the team aspect, I'm like how important is that to you? And I mean, and that, that not just, you know, between you and the Wizzo or, you know, and B-1s with a crew of four and stuff like that, but like as you flow into a unit and your your life in general, how important is that team?
1: I think the team is the reason I still serve. Okay. Um, And you could scale the team to whatever you want. The dude that climbs in the back seat with me every day, um, the squadron that I serve, COI, my team upstairs, weapons school, Nellis, ACC, Air Force. You could scale it however you want. Uh, and everybody joins like I'm going to serve the country, right? A lot of us that get to fly fighters like oh, I want to fly fighters because it's fun, and, right? And probably the best job in the world, in my opinion. You may have some arguments. Yeah, uh, well, I that mean, one. whatever. Um, <laughs> um, you get to be around incredible people, see the world, all sorts of opportunities um, for and reasons that people join the military. Um, but when I when you boil it down, the reason um, that I signed on for additional time and and want to stay in this for probably the rest of my life or until the Air Force kicks me out uh, says, "Hey, you got to retire, get out of here," uh, is the team uh, and the people around you. Uh, whether like I said, the dude in the in the back seat, and there's a lot of single seat uh, dudes that'll hate on a crew concept, and, and it's not wrong, right? Sometimes. Two can equal a half, but a lot of times, especially that's why I came back to the weapon school that teaches, because two a lot of times equals three or four uh, in there. And I think that mentality has also allowed me to kind of succeed um, in other avenues uh, or be successful and kind of bring a, a little bit different perspective than maybe you get uh, from some of your average dudes um, that don't get what we get here at, at weapon yeah. school. So that's a long answer to say team is basically everything to me. Uh, and I try and approach all of, whether it's in the cockpit or out of the cockpit – uh, of doing the little things within the team to make sure that you're building people up and bringing people with you. Um, what's it? You know, rising tide
0: raises all ships. Yeah. No, it's it, it's something that we highlight a lot, and it's it's one of those things where it's difficult to because it's not really a tangible thing, you, you know. And and there's a there's an old saying, and, and I think it actually is on one of the monuments out in in D.C. Um, out of Vietnam. It's got the the three guys. One one hand on shoulder and it's some uh, says something to the effect of this thing of ours, right? And and it's like I I really like it because it's not tangible. It's tough to describe. You you ask any of us and we'll give you a different definition of it, and and with a whole bunch of different adjectives and stuff. And it's it's tough to just pick it out. And I think the the team mentality and that camaraderie is what keeps us in for so long, even through the times that. Man, you know, I whatever. I'm not enjoying my this assignment <laughs> sure. or this location or like whatever. I'm just man. I, I'm got a lot more paperwork than I'd rather. <laughs> I'd, I'd rather be flying yep. or I'd rather be jumping or shooting or something like that. You know,
1: that checks. I, I think when you when you look at it, um, and you could jump on name your meme stream right now. You could look at the the media, uh, right? Um, everybody has a hard. time. The military isn't an easy lifestyle, right? And then you start talking about ops is probably. It, it amplifies, you're gone all the time. A 12-hour day kind of tends to be a short day uh, at times, especially at a place like, like the weapons school where there's no shortage of, of things to get done. Um, and so I've loved this assignment, but there's certainly been ups and downs, and it's the people around me that I can lean on that make it worthwhile. And again, that's the reason uh, I keep coming back for more every day. It's the reason that I'm willing to give everything myself to this place, again, whether it's the 17th, the, the Strike Eagle uh, Weapon School squadron that I fly with, whether it's COI, the Weapon School, Nellis, writ large, it becomes really, really easy to say, you know, is it me, or is it them, and then when it's about them and other folks, it's just all the stuff, all the oh, things yeah. that you're worried about kind of go by the wayside. I'm like, yeah, I'm willing to make a little extra sacrifice here uh, to make sure that the team uh,
0: keeps going. Yeah, it's a uh... It, it, it aligns with that serve. Yes. Right? Yeah. It, you know, yeah, I'm serving my country. I'm serving my nation, my Air Force, but I'm serving those around me right. too.
1: Yeah, it's, I think the older I get, uh, the more I've focused that servant, uh, or I grew up in a unique uh, college football system where it was less about uh, beating the opponent and more about kind of comparing to yourself uh, in, a, in this like servant warrior mindset is what we used to call mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I've kind of reoriented that servant warrior mindset to ex- from external to internal, the older I get, it's really easy to look at all the things that are going on in this phenomenal country and wonder and worry uh, about all that. But like you said, when you start turning that internal is how can I serve the team today? How can I serve, uh, so-and-so who I know is having a hard time, a wug who needs some mentoring, whatever it might be, uh, uh, just kind of refills my cup every day and makes it easy.
0: <laughs> you mean as you're about to walk out the door and it's like, Hey, what do you think about this? And it's right. like okay, well now we're let's, ta- let's tack on another thirty minutes because <laughs> right. now we're all talk tactics. That's right. You know, that's yeah. Right. <laughs> you
1: know, like sounds good, but that stuff is like that's what we live for. Yeah. Uh, especially as you mentioned, like more paperwork. The the job I have right now is certainly like um, I hesitate to use the term staff, uh, but it's pretty close to it. And um, there, not to short change what the folks at the staff are doing. Um, and so I lived for those days in the vault. <laughs> like, hey, yeah. can I ask you something? I'm like, yeah, yeah, please. Am I still tactically relevant? I'm like, sounds good.
0: So, yeah, just wait till you get to my uh, point. There. Yeah. <laughs> and then you're like, you're still in the tactical center center of excellence. Yeah. And yet you are so far just <laughs>
1: obsolete. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. We might be relying on you to control a few airfields. Yeah, yeah. We'll well, so I know how to do that. <laughs> but yeah.
0: Um, okay. So you you don't have like... Typically, and and this is just my own, I guess, kind of bias or what I've noticed throughout the Air Force is that your your fighter community, for the most part, comes from the academy. Mm -hmm. Like they have the overwhelming academy, Um, and then you have you know your ROTC, and then you have your off the street kind of kind of folks. So I think you have a a unique perspective. Then when we start talking about um, you know levels of officership, you know we have. On the enlisted side, we have, you know, kind of different levels of airmanship and, and that kind of stuff. So what are some of those in your eyes, coming not, not being essentially educated or groom from the academy, what are some of those things that you would see um, in an officership kind of different levels?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, probably a very difficult it, question. It it is, I, I, I think if you'd asked me like a couple of years ago, my answer would have been different. And I think if you asked me in a couple of years, my answer may be different. Uh And so I'll start my own approach to life. And this has morphed and changed, but um, it's always been uh, control what I can control, influence what I can't directly control, and then kind of I just let the rest buff out. Um, It drives my wife nuts because sometimes she she gets really frustrated with certain things. And then I'm like, yeah, I can't, we can do nothing about that. See ya. It'll it'll work out how it's going to work out. (laughs) Yeah. but what that's allowed me to do um, is we already talked about is like focus on the team. But when I'm when I'm working day in and day out um, through whatever project, flight, uh, upgrade, whatever it might be, um, is to make sure that I'm doing all the little things right. Um, and I think that was a mistake that I made early on in my kind of fighter pilot career, if you will, let alone officership uh, or officer careers as an officer. And there's probably a conversation there about. How fighter pilots get groomed as officers versus how other folks do because yeah. there's certainly an advantage not just in the Air Force but across the Joint Force um, to some of the folks that don't fly. Um, but I looked at some of the studs in our squadron, our weapons officers. Like, man, I want to be, uh, I want to be like that. And I'm kind of forging my own path, uh, which is kind of how I've always been. Um, I didn't realize the importance of doing like the very, very basic little things right every single day, how that kind of forms a habit. And your habits tend to be that compounding interest uh, that leads to success and excellence uh, in there. So I think the first thing I would highlight is, and something I try and take now as an instructor at the Weapons schools, if we do all of the little things right, then all of the big things eventually take care of themselves. And all of that kind of, if I do my my ground ops or my mission prep really well, all the little details on my products are right, I go out and nail a brief, uh, right, and then go out execute like the most boring thing that we can all do on autopilot is ground ops. But the worst sorties I've ever had are the ones where I'm like thinking about, Oh, I got to do this when I get, got to get back in. I got to send this email. I'm writing notes on my lineup card about stuff that has nothing to do with the sortie. And my brain isn't fully engaged. Whereas if I'm really fenced in and focused on how I'm, interacting with a crew chief, how me and the wizard are recording anything that's going wrong with a jet, what's going on on the comms uh, that we can hear. All those little things generally lead to a pretty successful sortie. And the same can be said inside the sortie itself. Uh, how are you thinking about to and from the airspace, the fight, uh, et cetera. And that translates pretty well um, to as you start to get these larger and larger jobs, at least on the, and I think this is why you tend to get dudes that come from a fighter background that are fairly successful. At some point in time, we all recognize I have to do all the little things right. And there's not a lot of super sexy things about admin-intensive, creep-intensive, or staff-intensive jobs. But if you can nail down the little things uh, and for COI, nailing down the things like making sure that we have all the airspace booked, all of the facilities, all stuff that nobody wants to talk about on this podcast. But that then allows us to do was not really, really well because yep. we get there and we're not putting out fires. Uh, we're executing, you know, the, probably the joint forces premier integration, um, premier integration at a tactical level uh, type of exercise. And there's something to be said for all of the work that the team does going into that. So that's a long answer to say. Well, I think the, the biggest thing is doing the little things really, really well.
0: Oh, for sure. I mean, yeah, and that, that's something that I was told uh, at combat control school was take care of little things a bit big things will follow and and it's one of those things. and you could boil all the way down to um getting a workout in yeah 100%. right if 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 i sit here and i i miss my morning workout which i, I think you work out in work the, in the morning or do you work I'm, out I'm in the morning, morning okay. guys
1: so I'll, I'll, I'll walk you through my routine if you want yeah. to know what it is because it's those are the little things in my my mind is i wake up uh, right, items. I've eaten the same breakfast. Again, another thing that drives my w- wife nuts, I've eaten the exact same breakfast for like four years. So that might put me in like the sociopath realm or <laughs> something, but like whatever it's, it's energy I need for the workout. And then depending on the flight schedules, when I wake up, cause I'll, if I don't get a workout in before I fly, I probably won't work work workout. Yeah. My body will feel tired uh, by the time the debrief roots comes. So I'll work out. I hit 20 minutes of breath work. And some of those days that'll be kind of a combined with a meditation session uh, in there, eat a post-workout meal, and then it's on to the rest of the day. And I was like, those core things start my day off. And I can tell, like, I just got back from a TDY where the schedule didn't allow for that. I'm talking like 2 a.m. workout, which my line is usually like, ah, I'll work out at 4 a.m. But once we get much left of that, uh, it's going to be hard to then get a productive day in uh, over and over again. Um, I feel it getting back from that TDY of like, there's something off, something just not quite right. And jumping back into that routine yesterday was like, oh, okay. This is where I'm this supposed to This is where I'm to supposed be. to be. I'm good. So... <laughs>
0: no that's it's exactly right and it's you know if i don't get it in the morning my the the percentage of of me getting yep. actually getting it in yeah for sure uh, is in it and it bugs me like it, yep. it's sitting there same. just on my shoulder just talking yep. to me yep. and and it and no it sets the tone for the day for sure um but even though my body would be i prefer it in the afternoon i'm yep. a little
1: bit more awake yep same same <laughs> yeah no, no argument there
0: so uh what would be some of the mistakes that you would say young officers kind of make um, just in the way or may, whether whether the mistakes that you made or whether the ones that you see? Because we I mean, here at the Web School, we we see we're not seeing lieutenants so much, no. but we are definitely seeing kind of senior captains yeah. all the way through sixes.
1: Yeah. And, and I think here you actually get a pretty good sampling of the the gamut. Of, uh, of mistakes people make because you put them in weapon school, stressful situation uh, and a lot of times we make the joke, you know, I close the canopy and 50% of my brain power goes away or I'm up front in the debrief and like a third of my brain power is gone um, and you could argue that the environment here kind of puts folks in that same mindset, They right. kind of reacting if they haven't thought about some of these things and kind of who they are and so um, I'll kind of list, I'll try and list a couple of, uh, of them. The first one uh, will lead to the second one and, and it's a lot of young dudes, through ne- not necessarily no fault of their own, fighter, fighter squadron just set up really well for groupthink. Uh, they don't ask why. They don't ask a lot of the questions why. Now, there's a real tactical way you have to go about that. You know, it's like somebody tells you, like, do this. I'm like, why? And I'm like, great. <laughs> 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 right? Perfect. This guy. Um, but, you know, you get it's, it's a little bit different than you get told to do something. Yep, go go execute it, uh, et cetera, in there. My philosophy is three, six, nine, so three months of just, like, Shut up and do what I want. I've done this my entire career. Shut up and do what they want. Uh, kind of go along, take some notes. That three to six, six month period, uh, I'll start asking some questions a little bit of that's where the why will come out. Uh, and then somewhere in that 69 months, I'll start proking and prodding about, well, what if we did some, some things a little bit different here, here, and here? And that served me fairly, fairly well. Um, I was taught that a long time ago uh, by one of my first weapons officers. I think young dudes want to ask why right away. They get crushed, right? And I'm in this same mistake early on. This is why I got taught this by this weapons officer. Uh, You get crushed. And if you don't have somebody there to kind of pick you up and say, hey, you're asking really good questions or you're thinking this is what we want, but here's the way to kind of go about that and how to actually affect change. Uh, We lose that curiosity and that natural kind of energy and enthusiasm from our young, young folks going in. So asking why and doing it in a way that doesn't get you punched in the face, but actually gets other people thinking, about, hey, why are we actually doing this? You know, Why do I do triple pits on a Thursday so everybody's broken going into Friday or Tuesday so that the rest of the week is, tra- is trash or right. whatever it might be? Why is our turn pattern always been like this? Hey, why is our primary mission focus this but our doc statement says this, um, et cetera. Why are we training against this threat, uh, Recent one that we recently went through here at Weapons School, like, hey, why are we training against 1980s Russia when we should be probably fighting 2023 China? Um, all sorts of whys that you can ask, and that, that translates well throughout your career. and I think. That leads me to the probably the more important one, and the one that took me too long into my career to do. And I, I don't, I think that some dudes never actually get to this. Um, and again, same weapons officer that pushed me along. This um, is you need to figure out who you are, what your purpose is, and then kind of what your value system uh, is. Because at some point in time in the mili- your military career, whether you're a flyer or not, uh, your identity is going to get challenged. Um, your values will get challenged. Your purpose will get challenged. It may flat out get taken away from you. Um, and, and knowing who you are uh, is really, really important. I see a lot, a lot of young dudes tie everything into, hey, I am a four-ship flight lead, or I am a mm. sh- first assignment instructor, or I am uh, this. That, that's, that's just your job. That's what you do. How you do that job is who you are. Do you come to work every single day and do the little things Right. Do you take pride uh, in how you make the corn every morning uh, as a lieutenant, uh, et cetera, in there? So uh, I think the approach- The corn, is
0: it the popcorn? Yeah, yeah, yeah. sorry, yeah. popcorn,
1: yep. <laughs> Our lieutenant the 17th right now has got a real nice, I just ate a batch uh, that he made, real nice. Uh, shout out to Jason, he's crushing it. Um, but and I, I just got back from the academy a few weeks ago and kind of gave this um, warfighter identities, uh, warfighters identity crisis uh, talk. And the theme was, the earlier you can figure out who you are and what your value system is, mm-hmm. now you can take that to every single thing you do. So if you go through how many dudes right now are burnt out because of the ops tempo and the pace, well, there's some of that certainly induced by the Air Force and sometimes you just can't say no. Some of that's also induced by us uh, and, uh, In that value system, if you figure out what's important, a lot of days we'll put family number one, and I think that's great. Um, My my wife and my dogs are at the top of, I'm not responsible enough for kids, Uh, so my (laughs) wife and my dogs are at the top of that list, and so it allows me to say no uh, to certain people around here that otherwise maybe I wouldn't feel comfortable saying no uh, Mm -hmm. if all I tied my identity to was, hey, chief of integration, so i got to get everything done. like, no i will going to sp- go spend some time on me, on Meg, uh, et cetera in there. So I think if you can figure out how to tactfully ask why throughout your career, uh, both as a young dude and then you see a lot of colonels and, and above that also don't know how to correctly ask why, whether it's down or up, uh, or explain why down or up, that helps. And behind all of that, I think you have to, have to, have to know who you are and you have to separate that identity uh, out from what you do, which is a really common mistake, I think, in the military. Mm.
0: Do you think, I mean... So yeah, the, there is no such thing as a work-life balance. It's, no. an, it's an ebb and flow. Someti- right. Sometimes, you know, the, the Air Force or military in general is just going to take, yep. uh, and and you've got a surge, yep. uh, and it it may not just be a 24, 48 hour period. Yeah. It could be several months or maybe even For a sure. year, uh, and then those other times is. Okay, now it's a focus on the family or yourself or whatever it is. Yeah. That's that's without doubt the true. Um, yeah, there's no such thing as work-life balance. It's no, all bu-
1: that's all bullshit. And and people get really upset at that, and they want like, well, I'm going to fix it. Well, you can't. One of the things that drives me nuts about the was I think it's ACC's uh, slogan: mission first, people always or people first, mission always or whatever it was. You should probably know that. It probably should. I, I probably we, we should can, know that. Yeah, go ahead and edit that. <laughs> yeah, I'll out. let you smart. Um, <laughs> But you can't have both. You just can't. <laughs> no, you can't. Right? And and so I think it speaks to you have to pick or understand what the job is. And, and if you look at what we're trying to do um, kind of around the world right now, all of yep. the deterrence, uh, right? Are we choosing deterrence over readiness? Yeah, probably. I can tell you some speaking from the calf squadrons right now. They're hurting bad. We've got people in places that message strategically like, hey, we're here. Um and so the same thing goes f- for us. Like, hey, what's the mission? Uh, right. At a certain point in time, uh, right. Yeah. You, you're in the military. You're going to yeah. have to, to shut up and color, uh, and go, but being able to anchor back to who you are, uh, right. That kind of value system that got, that gets you through that. And then when you get back on the backside of that, I'm like, okay, sounds good. I'm going to say no for a little bit. Now's a time of no, uh, and recharge and refocus, uh, in there. So you, you, you can't really have. Uh, that, as you alluded to, that balance, that one or the other, um, is kind of the choice. Unfortunately, at times.
0: Yeah, and that 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 kind of value system is, yeah, Bane. You are you just hap- you are Bane, but mm-hmm. you just happen to fly, f fifteen e's. That's right. Like that's not who you are. That's not what defines you. Yep. You're you're so much more than that. Just like I'm so much more than a combat controller. Um, it just happens to be the kind of methods and means that I conduct, conduct business.
1: One of the things that goes into that 20-minute breath work that probably helps explain this a little bit better is um, I do a five-minute uh, gratitude practice to start that all off. Like, hey, what are the three things I'm grateful for? Uh, what am I going to go uh, and do today uh, to make today a great day? That's a very controllable thing. Uh, and there are sometimes that's like as simple as like, I have three meetings. I'll be patient with the idiots in these meetings, uh, right? Uh, yeah.
0: Wait a minute. How many, how many <laughs> meetings have we had?
1: <laughs> I've been in those <laughs> meetings. <laughs> that's right. Uh, so you know what I'm talking about. Um, and then at at the end of uh, every one of those, I kind of lay out my, my values. So it's I'm um, disciplined, adaptable happy, hungry, and bouncy. I, I hate the word resilient, because uh, the Air Force has made it like a four-letter word, like, hey, we got, great, we got a resiliency day, what am I gonna do with this that's forced like, fun?
0: That's, that's like leader, That's right. It,
1: it's way overused. Way overused, uh, right? And it's not that resiliency is a bad thing, but I kind of re it on my own, of like, hey, there's gonna be times where I'm gonna get knocked down and I wanna bounce back up, mm-hmm. or there's gonna be times where I'm gonna try and dodge this punch, and I probably need to be a little bouncy in there, so bouncy is mine. And so, for uh, the last four years, um, I've essentially put that into practice uh, and those things just kind of fit with okay, this is who I am, and then I take that into what I do. Um, yeah. So far, it's worked alright.
0: F- it seems to be because I mean the amount of of workload that gets thrown on your plate because um, I mean for I know that we've we've talked about wizard or weapon school integration, but I mean it's it's a a three and a half week phase, mm-hmm. the capstone, the right. the final thing of the weapon school, mm-hmm. and it is taking. Every mission design series, every platform that we have in the Air Force, um, and not just platforms—like we, you know, we have weapon systems as well. You know, we've got intel, we've got cyber, um, and many more. Yeah. Right. So not just that and then we've got space force then we we are usually working with the navy or the marines so we've got the navy seals that are out there we've got some of the big carrier groups uh, you know that are out there as well as part of this culmination exercise and i mean your shop is the one that is piecing all of that together and
1: it's not short of work no that's for sure and it changes every it changes every class which is we cast a net at the beginning, and then we kind of start to figure out who we've caught in that net, and wrap them all mm-hmm. up and eventually streamline them, uh, ra- streamline them into an exercise. Um, that's what always impresses me about the folks in the shop is the massive amount of work that you just described. Um, and i for the sake of everybody not being bored, won't break it down, <laughs> but it, that is a full-time job for all of them, but they're also line instructors in their own, so they're the, the premier experts in whether it's Slick and Cyber, all the in, uh, Intel, you got chaos over in the Space Force. Bach is flying Raptors, yeah. uh, right? And he's essentially got two full-time jobs in COI. He's my deputy, and he also schedules all the red air, uh, right? The, like these people are. Ap- I'm leaving way too many out, but these people are absolutely incredible at what they do. And the things that we're talking about aren't unique to me. I watch all of them kind of do the same thing. Mm-hmm. Not exactly. Everybody has their own twist on it, but all of them are very well grounded in like, "Hey, this is who I am, uh, what I, who I am, and what I'm about," and I bring that to what I do and like the great example, one of our passion projects uh that mock and I share my deputy is the human performance and making sure um I, I think the Air Force means well, but they don't do a good job actually taking care of the individual, whether it's it's really easy to look at fighter pilots and go, Yeah, we're broken for a lot of <laughs> a lot of good reasons, right? Um, whether it's the G-forces, the long sorties sitting all day and then sitting some more and brief and debrief. But there's a whole like plethora of individuals that are not optimized and aren't well taken care of. They don't have the resources. We're lucky in the 11 and 12F community uh, to have the resources available to us, whether it's athletic trainers, strength coaches, or the massage therapist mm-hmm. to start to try and get some of that uh, um Back in, But mock and I also have like a, I call it a side project, but it tends to also be one of a, a, yeah. a full time job coordinating that uh, as well. And it's been a real blessing to have somebody like him to kind of walk side by side with me as we're trying to figure out a hey, how can we make the weapon school uh, invest and kind of take care of its humans a little bit better because I, I, I truly believe if we do that here, that propagates out. Not just in the fighter, uh fighter culture, but in in everybody. I, I need my whiz my, my my Intel folks as an example who sit at a desk all day doing phenomenal work that the mission doesn't go. Same for cyber, same yep. for space. A lot of sitting uh involved uh in that. And then like hey, how the brain functions over long periods of time with intense uh kind of focus. Not very well. So how can I train them better, how can I teach them better to take care of themselves uh in there? But all of that back to the point of it's incredible to see the amount of work that the human beings, not just in COI, but in this uh, weapon school do because every single one, first and foremost, is an MDS expert. Uh, and then after that, they usually have one, two, three, four side jobs that would yeah. be a full-time job uh, anywhere else. Never never ceases to it amaze me. It also never surprises me the amount of folks that we unfortunately lose and kind of get into burnout um, uh, here. So.
0: Now, and when you say, Berna, I, I, w- I want to hit two different things, I, yeah. but I want to make sure I have a habit of forgetting nah, where, nah, where I want to go. Nah. So, you look at my um, hand, there's all sorts of stuff Yeah, right yeah. on it
1: so I don't forget. <laughs> <Just> like, <laughs> um
0: Okay, so let's, let's focus on human performance real quick. Yeah. Um, you guys are kind of pioneering that with, with some folks out there. Um, I won't say the name just because I don't know what, yeah. you know, I don't want to get us in any no. kind of trouble or them, but... Um, like, what are some of the things you guys are trying to get after, other than just making sure that folks are healthier and that sure. kind of stuff? But like any kind of optimization, kind of thing.
1: Yeah, um, I'll try and keep it broad brush, uh, and you can tell me if you want to go deeper on a partic- particular mm-hmm. topic uh, in there. But where where it came from, and I hesitate to use the words pioneers so much as like a little bit of a revector okay. uh, from operators is um, when OHWS spun up, I think now three or four years ago. It was an initial hack by um, Air Force. Hey, let's throw a bunch of money at this problem. Um, like $25 million was the initial budget uh, and see if we can start fixing fighter pilots, which is great. We certainly need it, uh, but it's too small a scope and there wasn't a whole lot of a plan on how do you get some KPIs or your key performance indicators to make sure that the money that we're spending and the time that we're having these individuals invest in themselves is actually getting you uh, what you want. So we're lucky enough to get connected with some really good folks uh, really from around the United States. They're like, hey, we're passionate about this. Um, and we want to help you guys. Um, they were willing to put in a lot of their time, uh, probably not nearly at the rate we should be paying them. No, definitely um, But that's definitely not. to working with the, <laughs> the military, unfortunately. Um, and so now as we've kind of been through, we've go- been going on this for about a year and a half, almost two years, the 24 alpha, the next class coming up will be the second full class that we've run it with students and cadre. Um, we've kind of anchored on measuring um, really three things uh, in there and it's, Can I get your uh, resting heart rate generally to kind of go down your HRV, which I'm not gonna get into science (laughs) on that. Uh, Hopefully there's some folks out there that know what that is uh, generally to go up. Uh, And then can I teach you to sleep longer and better uh, in there? And our theory, uh, now we also have some of our folks over in the 59th Test and Evaluation Squadron that are in the background for the grade sheets that we're writing and the posts of how each student does. Comparing the data that they're gathering, uh, like, hey, how is sleep? What's our current physical state look like, Uh, right? Um, And then we have a neuro side as well. We're taking brain maps and then doing daily, or sorry, twice a week neuro training. Hey, mapping every couple of months. What's that look like? Comparing all of that kind of biofeedback, the objective data, if you will, to a little bit more of the subjective, like, hey, this person is doing this well or this bad uh, over time. And seeing if we can determine that, like, hey, based on, this regimen or these indicators that we now know, I can apply certain regimens to, to make those indicators go up or down, depending on what I want. This is the performance uh, that we're getting. So the big gap in human performance in the Air Force right now is everybody knows, everybody everybody has a feeling that if I create a better human, uh, kind of 360 degree view on that, I probably get a better operator. Common sense. Common sense doesn't get you money. Nope. Right. You have to be able to prove all of that. So what we're trying to do is provide in arguably the most stressful environment uh, kind of in the Air Force. And I say that with all due respect to all of the other things that I know you've been through, but a very stressful.
0: <laughs> Don't worry, I'm not over... sitting over here going like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah? I'll challenge that. <laughs>
1: That's, yeah. um, and I'd love to get that on them, too. Um, but folks, that we, they're one of the groups that we visit uh, out there. You name your ACCM. We kind of walk around and, mm-hmm. uh, and see what they're doing as well. Uh, but over time, a very stressful environment here. How can we gather data on those people and then correlate that to performance good or bad and then apply different fixes? in there, not just in the six months that they're here, uh, but also give them tools to then succeed uh, in there. That's a very different approach than what, especially in the flying world, where I'm kind of a slave to the airspace schedule and the flying schedule. Like, hey, I'm flying uh, mornings, this go, now I'm on to nights, now I'm back to mornings, like up and down the schedule, which everybody in the Air Force does to some degree or another, whether you're an operator or a support squadron. And so how can I take a look at that and not only get people that are gonna have to do that, some tools, of, like, hey, you're gonna have to just do some non sleep deep rest here to be able to operate, or hey, some breath work over time will help this, but in the short term, here's what you should be doing. How can I also shift the culture to let's not bounce people around? Let's look at an airspace schedule and go, man, I'm gonna destroy my people today or this week. We're gonna focus on SIM. We're gonna totally reflow how we're gonna train this week. Uh, because as you start training to some of the pacing threats anyway, you can't do it in the airspace. We don't have the range, we don't have the, the, the rep. So let's do it in the sim, and let's optimize it, uh, kind of the mission in the people at the same time. Uh, so we're 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 driving at a culture shift. I think that's a decade process. I think it's a long term, you know, kind of one percent better every single day. And all of a sudden, maybe that that wingman wakes up and he knows that, hey, I'm I'm flying at this time. I'm gonna I got this tweak. I'm gonna go check in with the athletic trainer. I'm gonna go do some uh, cognitive training. Go hit my brief. Afterwards, I'm gonna go see the strength coach once we're done with debrief mm-hmm. to get a post light workout, whatever it might be. Everybody, we bring we bring a lot of different unique folks in to take a look at it. Whether it's the Denver Sleep Institute, um, I can't remember which F one team was out at the 59th not too long ago, looking for looking for some gloves that we can wear in the cockpit to give biofeedback on like sweat response mm. and and whatnot. There's a lot of cool things going on over there. Uh, but everybody that we bring in agrees on two things. One, uh, like this is the most intense professional athletics they've seen sitting down. Which is really what most of the, besides the 66th, almost everybody does their job sitting down for a long yep. period of time over very intense physical and mental stress. Um, and they wonder how half of us aren't dead the way that we take care of our bodies, the way that we sleep. Uh, the amount
0: of monsters. That, that's and, right. And, Corn. And rains.
1: Uh, <laughs> Snickers. And, and, and that, you, you slowly see it changing over time. Yeah. but It's going to take a while because that's very ingrained. And it's the easy button. Like, oh. I didn't sleep today. I just grabbed an extra monster, Yeah. uh, right? Oh, I didn't pack my lunch today. Well, what's the snacko have? Then what can I get the snacko to buy healthy options or can I get people to prioritize? Like I'm gonna go home so I can do my sleep thing.
0: Yeah, I'm pretty sure you've caught me uh, at least twice it it breaks my heart because that Papa John's is right over there. I know you've caught me walking walking yep. from the parking lot yep. like, yeah, man, forgot my lunch. Yep. And, and they were able to knock this out in seven That's minutes. Right. So That's
1: right. Convenience over. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, dude, I'm the same. I'm not perfect. I would, I would say based on my recent schedule, I would call myself in like a lull of how I would prefer to be yep. taking care of myself. But if we can change that culture and now all of a sudden you're around people that are willing to be like, Hey man, I brought a little extra something, or I have the snack of it set up, or, or I have whatever. Hey, get out of here, go home. I'll take care of whatever. Um, I think that's important uh, in there. So that's what we're trying to get out of human performance. It'll take time, to, yeah. you know. But
0: well, I mean, it's a cultural shift, and and you know, in my community, okay, fitness is a big thing. Sure. In the Air Force as a whole, it is not a massive thing. And so, and I I can tell you right now, and I'm sure you've noticed that since you first got here or when you went through as a WUG Mm -hmm. to now, like drinking was a massive part of the culture. uh, And it's just what it was. There would be whiskey fronts that would just roll in over the weapons school. And and now you see it less and less. Sure, it happens occasionally, but it happens less and less now. And I think that people are starting to recognize that alcohol and the relationship that people have with alcohol yeah.
1: is Questionable
0: maybe yeah, or I, w- that I would it
1: say it becomes that fine line of I personally don't have an, any problems with a dude That wants to drink responsibly hmm. right and and I know you're not saying that uh, as well but one of the cool things about what we're doing in human performance um, is Like hey, I'm gonna have a glass of whiskey during debrief, right, which is that you know, logical fallacy slippery slope, but uh, the like That then translates to two, or if you're doing that during every debrief, we've been able to give dudes concrete data of like, hey, every time you take a drink, like your sleep goes down like this. And what we're correlating in your sleep performance uh, is now resulting in this performance over here. Or they can feel it like, man, I feel like trash the next day. I got eight hours of sleep. But what happened? I'm like, well, after a month of gathering data from whoop, like, look at that. Mm -hmm. Drinking is affecting your sleep quality. Uh, as an example. And so I don't think there's anything personally what it does is done for me is just make sure that I get day drunk on on Saturday and now I sleep better because <laughs> yeah. I'm sober by the time I go to bed. Right now. Um, what I th- what I've, I think you're getting at a little bit is dudes are have have a healthier relationship with yeah. alcohol consumption. Uh, and I, I certainly have noticed that is like we'll get a the standard uh, gift um, is a bottle like, hey, we yep. come out and do weapon school support. Um, some of those bottles that we get would be gone like over uh, the course of a week, and now they're lasting longer. And we're also, oddly enough, uh, we're starting to get gifts of like Celsius or protein bags. Uh, well,
0: whatnot, I get more use which, out of that, which
1: I really like. Yeah, yeah like okay, it was like this is a, not a, not a terrible direction yeah. as well. Somebody's gonna yell at me for caffeine advocacy. But... Oh yeah,
0: I know. I, and, and hey, I'd be lying if I don't I don't drink you know coffee mm-hmm. or or have you know, a Cardo Max yep. kind of thing in yep. here, you know, for caffeine or hydration, like I'm going to. But
1: it, it's like um, anything else. It's about having a healthy relationship and right. understand the pros and cons of like, okay, I need this, whatever, this yeah. caffeine right now, uh, or I'm going to accept that I'm going to ingest this caffeine and here's here's the, how I'll either taper it off mm-hmm. or my routine to make sure that it is, like I don't drink it after one o'clock so that it's not messing with my bedtime okay. based on that, the half-life or whatever that might be, depending on the sliding scale of your circadian rhythm. As an example, same goes for alcohol. Same goes for food. Like you're making fun of Papa John's, but I just spent uh, a half a week TDY in Colorado and like lunch was Domino's. I'm like, well, yeah. here we go. Yeah, uh, sounds good. Uh, I'm gonna have to adjust for this uh, in other meals or in my workout or whatever it might oh, be. Yeah. I think it's just about that understanding of the give and take of yeah. all of that.
0: Well, so the Weapon School has a, a funny, and I love the meme pages because, and it's true, it is so true. The web School has a, a history of debriefs oh, yeah. that are no less than four hours long, yeah. usually on upwards of six hours. And I wonder, based off of that kind of you know human optimization kind of thing that you guys are looking at, is do you think that we may find data that maybe we shouldn't be doing that? Maybe we need to adjust?
1: Yeah, for sure. And what I'll say is I've seen, especially in the 17th, us refocus on um, whether you want to call it a day in the life, time of useful consciousness, whatever it might be, mm-hmm. um, to where and the wogs are gonna make are gonna laugh at me because we only ever remember the really long, brutal ones. Oh um, yeah. Where we've made a targeted effort to kind of shorten, hey, like, no, I want you to focus on X, Y, and Z. And whether that's hey, you got a student that's just struggling through debrief and you kinda of, kinda of let them sink or swim on their own, then that maybe that's less feedback for you to give as the instructor. Uh, so we haven't. I'm looking forward to the kind of data wrap up at the end of the class. We haven't directly tied that, but it's mostly been an effort of like, hey, let's make sure that they have the opportunity to adjust to the instruction we provide, and then sleep. Yeah. Um, and getting into the nerdery of how the brain works and how we're moving things, uh, right from the, you know, whether neocortex, basal ganglia, all the nerd things that uh, the folks in the 59th are doing for us. Like, hey, let's make sure all of that has an opportunity to kind of sit. Um, the, there's a converse to that, uh, and having been through all the hell weeks you've been through, I, I think there is a time to target, like, now nah, you're going to be a little sleep-deprived sleep inside the rules of crew rest, crew rest and whatnot, and I want to see how you handle stress. Mm-hmm. I want to see what you, it looks like. One of the, like, unwritten things at weapon schools, ideally we get people to their breaking point here where we have the bumpers or the training wheels, because what I don't want is to send a, a, a WUG off to be a Tier 1 where they've never broken Uh, And then they break in front of their squadron. And they may or may not have a support structure there. They may or may not have a squadron commander or a DO that's understanding of that. Mm -hmm. I want them to kind of break a little bit here Mm -hmm. so we can say, sweet, all right, let's break this down. Let's talk about it. Now let's build you back up. And look how much stronger you are because you know where your limits are. How did we get there? Oh, I haven't been sleeping. Like, okay, let's sleep this week. Let's focus on sleep. (laughs) Uh, Right? I bet you perform better. And how many times we see uh, somebody absolutely, like, sleep-deprived on a Monday. Like, what are you doing? We just had a weekend really terrible sortie, tears, emotions, like, all right, cool. You got an off day on Tuesday, go get some rest. Nothing is going to fix itself until you're, you know what I mean? And watching yeah. them come back on like that Wednesday and hit a home run and get like kind of a rare early in the week pass um, or effective sortie or whatever it might be uh, in there is really rewarding to, to watch people go from kind of some of the lowest points in their career to uh, like, look, you can do this. So yeah. I, I do think o- overall we'll get to a point where, um, there's, whether it's a WOM or it's probably backed by something, but 90 minutes tends to be like the goal of what we strive for. Um,
0: if we can just keep it there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, so one of the reasons that it, and, you know, folks out there, maybe listener, maybe even you think that like, I mean, you're really focusing on the, the human performance aspect of it, but, um, and, and we'll transition now, but I wanted to highlight that because it's something that you were doing As a side piece, Mm -hmm. kind of thing, where because you recognize it as as somebody who is who is essentially in tune with all that and and interested, and obviously, but but has recognized the benefits on all of that kind of stuff and working all that on the side, um, I think it's important to know that you know that folks out there realize that it's not just about flying.
1: No. Uh, there's so much more to it. No, it's not. And, like, before we transition, I think important to understand, like, where I'm coming from, from this. It's not just, like, a, um, you know, I have the reputation the dude that's always in the gym or, or whatever. But it's, it's not just <laughs> that. Uh, not anymore. <laughs> Old and broken. Uh, so I burned out really hard after my tier one. Okay. Which is where I, I was passionate about human performance before that. Uh, but to the point where, like, I just sent the, the Panthers... Um, out the door for their deployment and I was PCSing back here and the day the last uh, jet took off, I went back home, woke up, I was like, ah, I don't want to go to work today. Uh, in fact, I don't want to do this anymore. Mm. Like severe depressive, like what is happening? And like not, not 24 hours earlier, I was happy. I was seeing the guys off, we had done an incredible job getting them spun up with all the challenges of COVID weird swap out stuff downrange, Right. The team had been incredible. And I wake up the next day. and I'm like, I'm done. Uh, and inquisitive and curious as I am. So I'm like, I'll just go to the Google machine. What does yeah, this mean? Well, you, you are you, depressed. And I'm like, yeah, ah, you're I dying. Don't, I don't really have depression. <laughs> like what is going on? And like, I stumbled across some material on burnout and flow cycle and optimizing myself to be all. And I'm like, how has nobody taught me this? What? What is, how do we not know any of this? And so over that, that's kind of where it's coming. So it's, it's a real thing that I see dudes struggle with all the time, back to what we were talking about with work-life balance, which doesn't exist, understanding who you are, Do everything Everything done the wrong way um, with the best of intentions can lead you down uh, a really tough path. And that's where I had found myself, unfortunately, with and like, hey, I am this person. But right now is mission time, and I'm going to go, and we're going to get the Panthers ready to go. And we're going to focus on upgrades and spin-up training and all these things. Uh, and when I woke up the next day, I was like, oh, the who I am got way too connected to the what I was mm. uh, and led me to, to burn it out. So that's where the human form stuff comes from for yeah. me.
0: So was that the only time that you ever had considered, like, hey, I don't want to be a pilot anymore? Or at least I don't want to serve in the Air Force anymore and fly Yeah, fly, it, Yeah, needle? and it,
1: it was. Uh, it was one of those, like, how 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 am I going to keep doing this to myself? Right. And I think at that point in time, oh, math and public, I was somewhere around like the seven, eight year mark on my commitment. Okay. Right and luckily enough, like I was around again, some good people that I was able to talk to and bounce some ideas off of, uh, and they kind of concurred with some of the things I had found in like my own reading and kind of study. Took some, took some leave, took some time, uh, and really quickly was able to bounce back. But it was, it was one. That was one of the. I was like, I I get it now. I see why. Before that, I'm like, "Ah, how could you ever consider like not doing this job or giving this up? Like, okay, I I can see why people might go a different route and choose a different route.
0: Well, I mean, people, you know. a funk typically is not just one day no right it, it can no. last, it can last a couple of days yeah. weeks months yeah. uh, you know god forbid years but um you know a lot of people will make decisions based off that yep. maybe they're whether it's the funk they're in maybe they've got a commander they don't like yeah, for sure you know or location they're like nope I'm, I'm done with this and i've met a lot of those that that end up bouncing that in a couple of years they're kind of like man right. i miss it yeah. um you know and, and some of them go on to do phenomenal things for sure but th- there's still that team aspect that we were kind of talking about yeah. earlier that is missing something is missing and, and being able to put your hand on it yeah. is, is tough yeah. and and it is definitely that um and and you know it's no secret that retention right now. I don't think, I don't know about recruitment. Maybe recruitment's a, an issue. In I think, rec- of I, think, I, think it's,
1: I think both are an issue. Do you? Um, okay. There's, I have no numbers for recruitment. I just have a, uh, so uh, we did William Tell 23 um, back in September, fighter competition that we were trying to bring back. Okay. One of the main goals of that, and then we're going to do it again in 25. I just got back from the after action report and kind of the initial planning conference of that. Um, and one of the one of the targets of that was, hey, how can we how can we recruit better? How can we message what the U.S. Air Force is about, what being a fighter pilot is about? And then how can we reinvigorate some of the competition? I don't know if you can use a competition, um, or I, I would say I don't know if you can use an exercise to really measure retention. Um, but if you look at what's going on in the Air Force right now, we're exercising a lot, a lot. Yeah, I mean uh, we're
0: creating new exercises. That's right, That's right. To...
1: And, and some of that's good. Right. Do we need to practice certain things? Do we need to integrate? Yeah, for sure. Uh, But they use like a really simplistic analogy. If uh, you and I both know that if I just hit bench press every single day, uh, right, at a certain point in time, diminishing returns and Mm -hmm. you start doing damage to your body. uh, And if we're not there already, I think we're flirting with the line of like we are probably exercising too much as a force. I see it in the calf as part of an exercise like support group and COI, I see it as the, the human yeah. who has to set up and help with all of yeah. a lot of these exercises. And we'll say all of a lot of these exercises will be plugged into most of them so that we are continuing on this right path uh, in there. And so the goal of William Tell was to kind of, Hey, let's just do our theme was like, let's do the, the little things, right? So we focused on fighter integration. And which is, if you go to a large force exercise, we'll, we'll say, Hey, our right, ingress FI standard or fighter integration standard. I'm like, but if you look at how rap- how rapidly and like massively we have changed that over the last couple of years, it's not really standard anymore. So it's one of our basic things that we provide to the joint force. And you can make an argument that we might not actually be able to provide that at the level we want to. Um, and so, we, okay, let's do fighter integration really well. What feeds into fighter integration, element ACM, BFM, all of these things that stack on top of each other to then ultimately make the 12 ship that I'm sending out to do FI, incredibly lethal. Mm -hmm. Um, And 23 was awesome. It was a ton of competition, which no other exercise really focuses on. There was a ton of camaraderie. uh, And then uh, to your point, like the recruitment, we brought a whole bunch of people on base to kind of see what was going on, have the important folks talk to them about why this is important, whether it's ROTC, local, community, et cetera in there. So I think based on... What I see, kind of behind the scenes and planning that, and the messaging that we get down uh, from certain folks at high levels, like it's certainly we need help with recruiting because not a lot of people want to serve in the military anymore. That's not yeah. necessarily the value system of this country right now, um, and maybe it shouldn't be. That's that's totally fine, but we got to figure out a way to bring people in uh, to replace uh, folks like you and I that are getting old, All right? And then we got to find a way to hang on um, to the people. That we need. It breaks my heart the amount of incredible humans that we lose out of Nellis. Mm-hmm. It doesn't surprise me necessarily, but it's that work-life balance that may not exist at times, especially around here. And I think one of the big contributors, uh, not necess- not to necessarily like throw a spear at uh, anyone in particular, is I think we just exercise too much. And I think we've got to realign what we are considering the the key exercises, and then everything else should probably feed into those. Maybe I don't need. All the big high end stuff. Maybe I need an opportunity to let my young two ship, four ship flight leads grow. And uh, there, I think at the root of all of that is we've taken uh, the problem set, if you will, and we've made it incredibly, incredibly complex. Mm-hmm. Talk about the fights that we are training to. Um, right. And we, we like to think at the weapon school that we're the premier integrators. And, <laughs> um, to some extent, we certainly are. We yes. certainly teach that very well. Uh, but there's so many accesses in other places. There's so many different, uh, viewpoints in other places. We're just a part of that, that, that puzzle. But we've taken this really complex problem already and we've made it harder, um, which is good. But we haven't allocated additional resources, whether that's no. time or funding. And we expect, expect the same level. We expect the same standard. Um, and the analogy I like to use when, People are like, hey, why do you stay in? I'm like, I really like solving complex problems. I like the team. I like putting this puzzle together and at the end being like, wow, look at what we did together. Yeah. Uh, and I, th- I do think we're getting to the point, uh, Air Force writ large, and weapons school is approaching this as well, uh, of where the puzzle doesn't have all the pieces anymore. And we'll get to the end and be like, oh, it's pretty good. It would be really nice if I could see what this part of the puzzle looked like or it would be really nice if we had this piece to fit back in. And that scares me because when we start getting to that point, well, I now I see us start taking shortcuts, and the little things that we need to do right in order to get all the way to the target at the end start to fall out in the name of doing other things. Um, and so somehow that started on like recruiting and retention. Well, but uh, yeah,
0: but I mean it. It's it's and I and I wrote it down here the basics, and that's you know in the special operations community everybody's like, okay, you guys got all these high end stuff, and and you guys are you know jumping out at 25,000 feet, you know, it, all that kind of stuff. And, okay, yeah, all that's cool, but really, we are just masters of the basics. Yeah. That's all it is yep. so that we can free it. One is we, we will get the basics right 99% of the time, um, and and that's what we focus on. And then we get to a point where we, we perform those without error which then frees up bandwidth to then focus on other stuff. It's not that that we're just jumping in and okay, I've 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 been to airborne school, I've been the to, to freefall. Now I'm just going to go jump out of planes and do all this or, right. or do some high end stuff. No, I it's it's basics and then start creeping into yeah. that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um. And I see the way you were explaining it, it made made perfect sense to me. And so I so, was so, like, oh. The basics, you guys. It's not. We're not the only ones. No. No. Nor did I think that. But no. everybody's got to focus on the basics yep. in order to start progressing.
1: And this that's, the stuff that, that's and the biggest problem is it's not a problem. It's just a symptom. The, the stuff that get that gets messaged, that gets talked about, is all the high end stuff.
0: <laughs> it's sexy. It, that's right.
1: And no, very, very, very few people see the things that go into that. Uh, right. And so, do I need? more swings to integrate, you know, an aegis with an air package with a subsurface package to then go do a TTG takedown or or whatever. Uh, Right? Yeah, 100%. But do I need the people teaching that to have a fundamental understanding of like kind of their platform instruction? Yeah, so guess what I got to do to do that? In the fighter community, that's BFM. Mm -hmm. Everybody's like, ah, BFM. Basic. That's basic fighter maneuvers, right? And we use that as our platform instruction. So BFM becomes equally as important as the most high-end mission because I can't teach you the high end mission if I don't understand yep. my own platform fundamental instructions.
0: That's one of the things that when we brief hey the, what the weapon school is or what you know the different phases for each of the syllabus. Yeah. Every single one of them starts every single uh, weapon system that we have here starts off, you know, if it's the fighters it's BFM, if it, I I'm pretty sure the math or the mobility air force is also calling it BFM, but everybody starts with some kind of baseline like, all right, let's see the basics. Yep. Like, let's revisit it, make sure that everybody's here. Now, let's, yeah. let's, let's grow some. For sure. So, yeah. No, that's great. Let me see what time we're at here. Cause I, do you have anything that you're, no,
1: I don't we're at 56
0: minutes right now. Yeah, so. we can keep going for a few okay. more minutes cool. if you've got it. Well, really, what I want to do, and, and I've, man, I could, I could talk to you for a while, man, yeah, So, but, um, I want to hit what your advice would be. For folks out there and this is and i'll i i want to you know you can go as as narrow as, as you want or you sure. can take it as broad as you want because our demographic is anywhere from 15 to 35 year olds folks that want to uh, typically it's folks that want to come to the soft community yeah. but we've had quite a few pilots that have have pinged us and, and it's unique well, to be able to get you cool. on here which is yeah. awesome and I, I definitely appreciate it yeah, and thanks for so me. i I'd love to get your, your um, yeah. opinion on some advice that you would give anywhere from somebody who's in high school, who's in college, who's at the academy, or, or just kind of off the street and going like, hey, yeah, I think I want to go serve my country and fly.
1: Yeah, specifically that. So we've talked about a couple, of, a couple of things I would normally throw down with, right? My philosophy in life, control what you can, influence what you can't, and let the rest buff out. Um, and, and then kind of figure out who you are before you go do what you want to mm-hmm. do. Uh, In there, what I would offer folks, and what what profoundly changed my life, is somebody once advised me, like, go figure out what your purpose is. Like, oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be a first time instructor. Like, no, 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 you dumb, dumb. (laughs) Figure out when you when you're looking back on your life 60 years from now, what what makes you happy, what gives you satisfaction. And they're like, oh, 60 years I've been alive for. At the time, I've been alive for 28 years. How am I supposed to think that long? uh, but it forced me to get into this kind of thought exercise of like, hey, over time, everywhere I go, what can I be proud of? And I settled on what I call or what, what has been termed, I is not original to me, uh, massively transformative purpose. Um, so I'm an example or a visual learner. Mine is uh, to leave everywhere I go better for those that follow me in the future. And so if you can figure out what your purpose is, and I don't mean like what your narrow purpose is, but if you can figure out what your purpose in life is, that generally will apply to anything that you're going to be asked to do. Whether it's go do a, what is it, 18 mile ruck with a, what, a however many pounds you have in your back? Probably, we'll talk about
0: the distance. That's, that's probably too short. It's probably too short. Uh,
1: right? Well, however far you're supposed to go, or however many times you have to redo a ride, or however many uh, you know days you have with a crap commander because he doesn't see the same uh, as you. If you have that purpose every single day, you can wake up and orient on that purpose. Now you have kind of a North Star. Uh, in your career and the, the second thing that that then allows you to do is to work really 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 hard on something that you're passionate about so if that purpose if you find over time that you're losing passion for that purpose then reorient figure out what the next one is and that and it's okay some trial and error it took me some trial and error to find mine uh, and, and then sacrifice the things that don't feed into that purpose uh, and I think people have a really hard time especially in the day that the age of like social media I got to get likes I everybody I have to make everybody happy like d- there's some philosophy about the hey the you're the sum of the five people that you spend the most time mm-hmm. around, whatever it is. Cut everything out of your life that doesn't feed into your purpose, that doesn't feed into making you happy and hungry for the next thing, the next step uh in there. And so if you can if you can define what you want to chase, what your purpose is uh very, very long term, not like the next couple of years, uh, and then you can kind of make the sacrifices to orient you uh on that, I think people will be pretty happy with uh their service, whether it's in the military or out in the military. Yeah.
0: Oh no, I'm I'm a firm believer of the whole five. You are a sum of all yeah. the all the five people that you. That's hard to do. Yeah, it's hard to
1: look at a dude that you've been around for like three or four years in this time and assignment like okay. you're actually kind of a trash person. Yeah, I don't know how to tell you that.
0: Kind of toxic. Or, Sorry, you know, I, maybe
1: I'm a bad friend because I didn't tell you that for the three years we were hanging out.
0: Well, that's a whole nother that's a whole nother thing. Yeah. Is is how many times how many people do we know whether it's. Friends, whether it's uh, bosses or or even you know peers and or subordinates, that you're like, man, I'm gonna kind of let that slip. Yep. Maybe you're just having an off day, and then that becomes a norm, and you're and you're like, oh man, if only I had course corrected that right at the very beginning. Yeah. We'd be you'd be in a different space. I'd be in a different space in this organization or whatever we're working on, Um, but we kind of let. It yeah. it slipped because yeah. it's, it's, yeah. it's it's tough it's it's tough to give honest feedback because so you, one you never know how somebody's gonna take it two is yeah. uh, now am I an asshole or am, or actually now as I'm thinking about it am am I am I out to lunch yeah. now like am, am I, I perceiving that
1: yeah. correctly and that comes back to like who who are you yeah where are you at and I think this will get me in trouble on my next security uh, clearance but I think it's it's worth giving the Chinese culture a little bit of credit. Um, a lot of, I'm reading an interesting book right now. It's called The Avoidable War. I think Rudd is the last name. Kevin Rudd. I can't remember. That might be the actor uh, and not the <laughs> author, but uh, former Australian prime minister. And in the, very, in his very in, in the intro, he talks about um, uh, a Chinese term, which I won't even try and pronounce. Um, <laughs> but essentially means in, in the Chinese culture, if you're really a friend, uh, then you can speak directly to each other without fear of the relationship falling apart. Uh, and that, like, I like whoa, let me go back and reread that again, like, do my standard Wikipedia, mm-hmm. what's, how do I spell that word, let alone pronounce it? Like, That is profound. If you think about all the things you just talked about, like, it doesn't matter. If we are friends and I am out to lunch, then you'll have a counterpoint and we'll have a conversation. Uh, if we are friends and I am accurate, you're gonna be really happy that I fixed it the first time before you made an ass of yourself yeah. for the next two years. Um, it makes me sad that that is not the common reaction right now in 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 the United States. Yeah. Like if I have something or if I see something, I want to bring it up to you. It seems like that just creates chaos and, and anarchy and like and, and fighting. But I thought that was a really profound concept. Um, not the only one over there from a cultural perspective that yeah. they have that is, is pretty interesting. Well, it's, uh, like, it's like
0: when somebody, um, we go out to lunch, right? We'll, we'll go out to lunch and, and you bought me lunch whatever because what my card wouldn't work or something like that and you know in reality you're probably like whatever it's only 15 bucks or whatever right um and me we just go about our day because i I forgot i didn't have i didn't pay you back a week goes by and it's like man you kind of owes me lunch or you know or i owe money you know i went out and bought gifts or whatever um in reality i want I've just forgotten. I yep. want I want you right. to tell me, hey, dude, you still haven't paid me that sixty bucks from uh, when I bought uh, bought all of those gifts. Yeah. Oh, dude, my bad. Like, yep. like I want you to tell me it's not. There's nothing malicious. It's no. just all all the different things that we have going on, and yeah. I've just forgotten. And, you know? and I
1: think we're really go- We are really good as human beings at painting the worst picture possible. When in fact, if you just throw yourself in the other person's <laughs> shoes and, and just get a little perspective, which is hard to do, right? It requires some life experience and then it requires telling you, somebody telling you, like, hey, what about from their point of view? You're like, oh man. Um, that, you know, we could throw all the things of advice yeah. at people, but that's something else that um, I've only recently started being able to do. It's really easy as a fighter pilot. Uh, we get taught, you know, essentially lean forward, make decisions, get things done. And that's not the culture of the entire, you know, the entire Air Force. It's not the culture of the entire DoD. And so it's really easy to have an interaction with somebody, right? And we get a reputation for this. And I'm like, oh, good. You're, it's Thursday and your office isn't open. Sweet. F me. Well, like, why is that? Why do they? Why does that organization feel the need to do that? Uh, what's the culture there? Maybe it is a bad culture. Who knows? Yeah. But maybe there's a reason behind all of that, which goes back to what we talked about earlier. It's like, hey, if I can ask why, if I can build some perspective, mm-hmm. then I can probably have a better picture and make decisions a little bit
0: better. Mm-hmm. No. Yeah. I mean that's whether you're coming in to be a pilot or special operations yeah. or whatever. Like that's just good yep. good life skill to they have. Checks. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, uh, dude, thank you. Yeah, I really appreciate, appreciate it. Jesus. Thanks, man. Absolutely. It was great and, uh, being on. Everybody out there, don't forget to like, subscribe, hit the uh, I don't know notification bell, something like that. I'm supposed to know this kind of yeah, That's thing. right. I
1: figure you'll put it in at the end. If anybody nope, wants to nope. reach out and ask questions. Uh, yeah, you're good with people. Uh, hitting yeah. You up. By all means, you can pass in my email okay. uh, or my uh, my phone number. Hit me up. Upstairs yeah. To yeah,
0: I was gonna say, don't say your your. No, phone I'm not gonna right say now. my cell phone.
1: Yeah. I get enough spam calls, it is. Yeah. But you, you, if anybody <laughs> reaches out to you and has questions about me, bullshit flags or, or, or whatever, by all means, point in my way, email or, or my office number upstairs.
0: Will do. All right. Thanks, everybody.